This episode is brought to you by MGMA Events. Join us June 6th through the 8th for a robust and convenient learning experience featuring education from industry leaders covering a wide variety of challenges facing medical practices today. MGMA Summit is a signature online event that allows you to take control of your journey by attending live or by accessing the sessions at your own pace until July 8th. Go to mgma.com events to learn more and to register today. Healthcare is complicated, but you don't have to navigate the complexities alone. Care Allies collaborates with physician organizations to solve some of the toughest challenges on the path to value-based care. As your organization works to effectively manage your more vulnerable patient populations, enhance outcomes, and improve data analytics, Care Allies brings the people, technology, and processes to support you so you can focus on practicing medicine. Visit careallies.com to see how they can help to radically simplify value-based care. Well, hi, everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor of MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. Today, we have Katie Lawrence joining the show. Katie has her MHA, her CMPE, and she's Vice President, South Carolina Operations at Upstream. Katie, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I see that uh, the title and the uh, name of the company after your name is different than the last time when we had Joan here about six or eight months ago. So bring us up to speed. How this transition and then who is upstream? What's your role there? Absolutely. So I um, had been with Prisma Health, a large medical group and integrated health system in South Carolina for about 14 years. And last fall had the opportunity to take a new role with Upstream Health. We are an accountable care organization and we partner with primary care uh, in North Carolina, Virginia, and South Carolina right now to uh, embed pharmacists into primary care in order to take care of the most chronically ill of our Medicare population. So we work with Medicare and Medicare Advantage um, payers, as well as the the primary care sources themselves. Okay. And then, so what's your role there? What are you, I I guess you started around November or so. What what have you been focused on? What you've been doing there? Absolutely. So this is our first year. So 2023 is the first calendar year that we have entered into partnerships within South Carolina. I'm the vice president of operations for the state. And so I've been working with our care teams, uh, which is which are made up of both pharmacists and medical assistants and LPNs. And we've just added RNs to our teams um, to embed those teams in order to take care of the patients um, in our partner organizations. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank congratulations. You. All right. Well, um, I did want to switch gears here because you have partnered with MGMA for years as a um, an in-demand speaker. The evaluations <laughs> bear that out. Then I have sat in the audience and been riveted. I was ready to jump out of my chair a couple of times because you get people fired up. You have a great, fiery, enthusiastic way of presenting. 
and you are a featured speaker at the upcoming MGMA Summit Digital Conference. Um, you're going to be co-presenting with Steve McMillan, and your presentation is going to be on Thursday, June 8th at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time for our listeners who uh, may be already registered or are thinking about it. So first of all, I've seen Steve's name before. I'm not sh I might have met him briefly at a conference before, but tell me who Steve is and how y'all started working together and presenting together. Absolutely. So Steve is with ECG Consultants, which is a large consulting firm. Um, they partnered with us when I was at Prisma and did a lot of the strategic work and then partnered with us to lift operationally the centralized contact center that Prisma Health uh, lifted about, oh, about a year and a half ago. So lots of groundwork before then. And then the lift happened about a year and a half ago. And so uh, Steve and I have worked closely together um, over the course of that time and then kept in touch uh, since the Prisma Health engagement with ECG ended. And also since I have transitioned to a new role, um, we had the opportunity to present together and we're going to be speaking about uh, referrals, which I'll, I'll talk about in just a minute. Yeah. Oh, great. Now, I was already bragging on you, but um, <laughs> you have spoken at numerous MGMA events. I know you speak at other places as well. Many of our listeners might be in the same shoes that you've been in in recent years where you were in the industry and, and wanted to get that breakthrough and begin sharing your expertise and begin presenting to your peers. What are some steps? What's some advice you'd give our listeners if they are interested in speaking at events? Yeah, I think, first of all, go for it. If, if it's on your heart, um, <laughs> go ahead and apply. Just do it, right? Just do it, yeah. Um, I, I think as you think about writing, as a listener would think about writing a proposal, think about things that have been helpful to you or things that you've discovered. Sometimes we doubt ourselves and, and what we know. Um, and we think, oh, this must be common knowledge for everyone. And it's truly not. So if you've had the experience and you had to reach out to others to, to help you along that way in any aspect, um, put it together. Your learned experience is, is valuable to others. So we're all learning together. Many of us are at independent or small practices. Um, and we don't have the resources of large health systems. And then even within a large health system, sometimes the, the resources are so niche that it, um, you know, the practice side may not get as many resources as the, as the hospitals themselves. Um, and so just being able to present and learn from one another, and just because some of the content may be something that one of your audience members or many of your audience members have heard before, it's never been presented in the way that you will have, you will be presenting it. And so have confidence that you can present something new, um, even if it is just your new spin on whatever you accomplished. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, because I know when I uh, communicate with some attendees at our events, uh, they'll bring that up. They'll go, you know, how do we get to speak at one of your events or what's, you know, how do I, what's the next step there? So I really appreciate you sharing that because you've been speaking for several years with MGMA and other uh, outlets as well. Um, yeah. So let's go to that uh, upcoming session that you and Steve are going to be presenting on. The title is Optimizing Referrals Through Cultural and Operational Preparedness. Starting out, just give us that elevator pitch for that session. What can somebody expect? Sure. We wanted to bring forth the idea that 
that when you do something as large scale as just looking at your referrals, whether you are centralizing into a contact center or not, um, we have examples of both that we're going to talk through. But when you do something that large scale, it's not just about the processes you put in place. It's also about the people that you bring to those processes. So we try to spend a good amount of time talking about both the people and how do you engage people around a change and what does it take to really infuse a project with the energy that it's going to take to, to lift, um, as well as some of the technology pieces, some of the more detailed operational things like you know KPIs or other things that you may be wanting to measure along the way. So we tried to bring, bring a good balance of both people and process to, to what we were sharing. Okay, well, let's drill down a little bit, talk about components of a successful referral center, what are those aspects or components that um, practices need to find success? Absolutely. I think, first of all, it's knowing what you're looking for. So set a goal that is real and relative to your experience. So not everybody needs a contact center. Sometimes what people need are, you know, two people in a phone room. Other times what they need is a better relationship with their referral sources. So what is it that your practice is missing and how can you go about sort of solving that problem rather than trying to be everything to everybody? Um, so we talk about getting that project started with key stakeholders, with people who have been at other places or who have other ideas just from reading industry publications or things like that. How can you bring a lot of ideas forward first and then empower that team to make decisions and carry those decisions forward? So we started there. Um, and I think having good governance and good structure from the very beginning makes a huge difference as you're trying to empower people. Um, it gives you a framework for starting with why. So why, frontline person, are you going yeah. to, have to have to change, right? Like, so what is it that's going to impact them? How can you convince them and help them to understand that while you're intending to make things better, there may be some shifts along the way. It may feel a little bit uncomfortable um, as you kind of start something new. So, um, so I think starting from governance, and then we moved into some technology pieces. Um, so having the right technology is really important for a practice too, and deciding what that is. Are you going to be a very technology focused? Are you going to require that everybody use your portal? Well, that might be great if you have a portal that lots of referring sources um, like to or are used to using, but if you're on a niche EMR, that may be duplicate work and that may actually create more friction for your referral sources. So thinking through what the pros and cons are for both you as the recipient of the referral, as well as others that, um, that are sending referrals to you. Okay, now it's in the title. So this is clearly an aspect of it as well, cultural uh, aspects. So talk about what role that culture plays in a referral program. I think it's it's beyond just the referrals as and it's as big as any time you're taking a large operational change under the wing. Um, and so as as we start to think about refining referrals and refining that referral process, how do we look at being a culture of learning? How do we make sure that we are helping others to see that this isn't being done to them, but that they can be brought into the process and it can be done by them or with them? Um, and so that they can engage in that design process. I think having a culture that includes some accountability, that includes hearing voices uh, from all aspects of the program and all those who may be interested in the change itself or impacted by the change. Um, so culture becomes a way of communication, 
Um, it's about how we do the things we do. It's about how we interact with one another. Um, so culture may be about how do we create less friction? Um, and is that less friction for the patient, for the referral source, for your frontline teams? Can we maximize all of that? Or are we really looking to maximize one aspect or another? And different organizations may choose a different combination of maximizing that reduction of friction. Okay. So once you have a referral program in place, what are the KPIs you're looking at? And can you give us maybe some color behind that, an anecdote or not a full-blown case study per se, but just an example of what maybe the before and after looked like uh, in that referral program? Sure. I think some of the things that are important to look at are, for example, referral turnaround time. So what is, how long does it take between a referral coming in the door and that patient receiving first contact, the patient receiving their appointment um, or showing up for their appointment, circling back to that referring provider to make sure that they get the notes. So what do each of those time steps look like? How challenging is it to get a hold of somebody in your practice? So we have a case study within our um, presentation around a center that was severely understaffed. And in addition, they had not maximized the templates within their EMR. So there were a lot of um, places where there were mismatches and that led to appointments being scheduled even further out. So by being able to streamline their phone system, streamline um, the way that the amount of information they were taking in on each individual call, um, the amount of time they were spending on an individual call, their hold times on Monday mornings reduced drastically. So where there may have been Monday mornings where a patient would call in to schedule a new patient appointment for primary care and have to wait on hold for over an hour. Well, unless that person really needs to get into that particular practice, right. that's, that's a lot to ask of a, a new patient. And so by drastically reducing that, by affording the opportunity to leverage some online tools where um, a referral might come in and then you can send a patient a text or a portal message that says, this is specifically what you have sort of an electronic key to the door to get into our scheduling system. And that's often a much more um, practice-friendly way to, to leverage tools within a medical record where the patient is already assigned the right physician and the right appointment type through that electronic key. And they're just picking what already fits onto that exact puzzle piece on the schedule, as opposed to, you know, wide open to the whole internet of anybody can schedule with any provider with any appointment type, which is a lot, um, you know, a lot more, a lot scarier maybe for the practice. You right. may find that uh, patients have scheduled themselves inappropriately. Um, so it's leveraging of tools. It's looking at how can we streamline. Um, it's looking at templates more than anything. Um, a lot of times we have templates that are very rigid and sometimes that's with really good reason and we want to keep them that way. And other times it's, um, you know, some some artifacts of the past and, and things that just haven't been updated to where we could be a little bit more fluid or flexible. Um, and, and we see it go both ways, right? We see some templates that are wide open and don't have enough structure to them. And that causes as many problems as when they're too tied down. So you really have to strike a middle ground there. Okay. So kind of a final thought here, but actually first steps, we've been talking about optimizing these referral programs. Where does somebody get started? I mean, where, where would you suggest they take that first step or begin focusing their attention? Yeah, I, I think it's with really getting a good pulse from 
your frontline team members, from your patients, and from your referral sources as to what are those big friction points. What are the things that you are going to get the most return on focusing energy around? Um, and for some, it may be looking at schedule templates because maybe this isn't just an issue with new patients. Maybe it's across the board. Or maybe it's your phone system. Maybe the phone system is antiquated, or maybe you could leverage text messaging better um, in order to interact with patients. You know, it, it, or it may be that your community just doesn't know that you exist. So maybe it's building relationships with referral sources or building relationships with patients. So I think it's really understanding where you are and where you want to go, and then creating that that game plan and and recognizing that it's going to take time. So you're going to need to break things down into specific segmented um, steps and celebrate each of those steps along the way. Don't get distracted by the fact that you've completed one mile of a marathon. Like you, you've completed one mile. That's amazing, right? And now celebrate mile two and mile five and mile 10 as well, um, because we can always continue to improve and and the road ahead is long, but it's, but it's a fun journey. All right. Well, Katie, thanks for joining us again on the MGMA Insights podcast. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of MGMA's Insights Podcast. Thanks again to Katie Lawrence for joining the show. As a reminder, Katie has her MHA or CMPE, and she, over the last six months or so, has become Vice President, South Carolina Operations at Upstream. And you can hear Katie present at the MGMA Summit Conference on Thursday, June 8th at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time, you can go to mgma.com slash events to register, to learn more about that event. Um, with that said, thanks again for listening and for being part of the MGMA Podcast Network. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.